Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You and Me Both is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Hillary Clinton, and this is You and Me Both. I am thrilled to be back for a new season of the podcast and especially delighted we are starting off with such a special guest. I've been following the steady rise of House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries for some time now. Through his years in the New York State Assembly, then in Congress as a House manager overseeing the first impeachment of the former president, and as the chair of the House Democratic Caucus. But one of the most memorable moments in his esteemed career came this past January, just after those four chaotic days of infighting before the House Republicans finally elected Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. At the same time, Hakeem was unanimously chosen by his colleagues to be the Democratic leader. And in his first act in that capacity, he took to the podium and offered his vision of what Democrats in the House stand for. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy. And he did this, let me remind you, in alphabetical order. Liberty over limitation. Maturity over Mar-a-Lago. Normalcy over negativity. Opportunity over obstruction. I thought it was an amazing speech, and it perfectly demonstrated his unique qualities as a leader, drawing on his Brooklyn roots, the Baptist church, hip-hop music, the values of his civil servant parents, as well as his skills as a litigator and orator. 
I'm so happy to share my conversation with Leader Jeffries with you today. Hey, Madam Secretary. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Well, let me welcome to the podcast Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. I am so excited to speak with you today about a whole bunch of things. I literally could talk to you for hours, Hakeem, but I guess we'll try to limit it to, oh, you know, your personal history, uh, the future of democracy, what's happening in the Congress, and maybe I can, you know, let you go before dinner. I'm not sure. But it's just such a treat to have you. And let's start with your parents, because both of your parents were civil servants. And I'm wondering how that might have influenced you to pursue the career that you're now in. Was there dinner table conversations about justice and equity and public service? How did it all start? You know, uh, growing up in a household with my father, who, as you mentioned, and my mother, both of whom were public employees throughout the entirety of their careers, my father was a substance abuse social worker for the state of New York during some trying times for the city of New York, including during the 1970s, the heroin explosion, and in the 1980s into the early 90s, the crack cocaine epidemic. And my mother worked for the Human Resources Administration as a caseworker. So they were very much involved in just trying to be there for people who were, in many circumstances, going through some adversity and trying to get to a better place. And while there weren't a lot of conversations around the dinner table about politics, per se, there were a lot of conversations just about helping people solve problems. And I think as I emerged from law school into the practice of law, a lot of the influence of my parents that eventually perhaps led me to pursue public service was a desire to want to be there for the working-class neighborhoods that I were raised in in central Brooklyn, Crown Heights, but of course uh, growing up in Cornerstone Baptist Church in Bedford-Stuyvesant, certainly had an impact on me going in the direction that I chose to pursue. You know, you came of age during the beginning and the growth of rap, and I somehow think that's significant. You've been known to incorporate rap lyrics into speeches. You're known to be a big hip-hop fan. Did you ever think about being a rap artist yourself? Come on, I won't tell anybody. Well, because it's you, Madam Secretary, (laughs) I certainly uh, did aspire to be a hip-hop artist. It didn't quite work out for me. Uh, But when I was coming up as a young man in, in the mid to late 80s into the early 90s, Uh, There was certainly a point of time where I thought that perhaps I had the skill set to be able to break through into the rap industry. Didn't work out, Uh, but it's still a very important part of sort of who I've become. And I I think that connects to what the House of Representatives in particular is supposed to represent, which is, as you know, the institution closest to the American people to reflect the hopes, the dreams, the aspirations, the fears, the concerns, the anxieties, and the words of the framers, the passions of the American people. And so the best representatives in the House bring the culture, the vibrancy, the heart, the soul of the communities that they represent at home to Washington, Mm D.C. And for me, a large part of that certainly is growing up 
in central Brooklyn, growing up in the Baptist church, growing up during the golden era and the coming of age of hip hop music, and eventually my own professional experiences as a lawyer. Well, we saw some of your lawyering skills, you know, on a very high public platform when you were one of the impeachment prosecutors during Trump's presidency. You know, I was one of those who followed that closely. And I'm just wondering, why was it important to you to be part of that trial? Well, I want to thank Speaker Pelosi, of course, as I've done so repeatedly for, you know, her embracing my journey in a variety of different ways, including giving me the opportunity to serve as an impeachment manager during that first impeachment trial, where we were working hard to really begin the process of vindicating the principle that in America, no one is above the law. And in that particular case, you had the former president who, in our view, engaged in the corrupt abuse of power as part of the beginning of his effort to try to manipulate the 2020 presidential election by encouraging a foreign country, Ukraine, pressuring them to target an American citizen, Joe Biden, and doing so in one of the most unfortunate ways, which is basically a geopolitical shakedown of Ukraine by withholding hundreds of millions of dollars in defense support with Russia knocking at the door wanting to overrun Ukraine, as we've now seen they've endeavored to do. It must have been very challenging in the circumstances in which you and the other House impeachment managers uh, found yourselves to just see the naked partisanship, that the evidence, uh, the law, the clear intention of what uh, the former president was doing made little to no impact on the Republicans in the Senate. Did any of them or any of your Republican colleagues in the House ever say to you, Congressman, that, yeah, look, they knew it was a problem, but they just couldn't take the kind of radical action that was required to hold uh, Trump accountable? At the time, there were some Republicans who would express concern Uh, with what they viewed as inappropriate conduct by Donald Trump, but did largely take the position that it didn't rise to the level of an impeachable offense. And I think they were looking through glasses that were rose-colored in that regard based on partisanship. Uh, So that was quite unfortunate. But we understood that there were three things that we needed to do in presenting the case. We needed to make the case to the Senate sitting as a court in judgment of the president. We needed to present the case to the American people, but we also needed to present the case for the historical record. I think that's a very important reminder that what you were doing, in my view, was as much for history as anything to demonstrate clearly the very disturbing behavior of the former president. And in this fast-paced world we find ourselves these days, I think It's good to remind ourselves that building a case, building a record, making a commitment to truth and to getting it out there, even if it doesn't have the desired effect immediately, is critically important. I think that's exactly right. And the thing that I'd point out as well is that I think it was Dr. King who once said, the time is always right to do what's right. Mm -hmm. And 
the way I interpret that is that even if the immediate results that you yield aren't what you are aiming to accomplish, eventually you, you're going to get to the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has to start by leaning in and just elevating truth and facts and perspective, even if some people throughout the country aren't ready to receive it. Well, or as Scripture tells us, do not grow weary in doing good, because eventually you will reap the harvest. But sometimes there are (laughs) difficult boulders in your path, and that's particularly true in your position as a leader. You've been both an unofficial and now official leader in the party for years, and I'm just wondering— you know, what did uh, Speaker Pelosi have to tell you or advise you when she passed that leadership baton? I've known her, as you well know, for many, many years, and there really isn't a shrewder mind and a more effective political organizer in the Democratic Party and certainly one of the most successful speakers in our country's history. Without question, I think she will uh, go down as certainly the greatest speaker of all time and what she's been able to deliver uh, for the American people, even with narrow majorities in the House. But what, what I've learned from her throughout the years and as we made the transition is that, you know, it's important to find the highest common denominator. Now, prior to that, it often involves some enthusiastic debates uh, that happen, and we, we're no stranger to enthusiastic debates, particularly in the House of Representatives. <laughs> That's true. And we kind of work through those family dynamics. But at the end of the day, what's always been important in terms of Speaker Pelosi's leadership, and I've tried to follow along in this regard, is there comes a point where you have to make a decision to go forward. And when you make that decision to go forward, you do that by finding the highest common denominator amongst a variety of different perspectives And in my view, you then advance the ball, make the progress that you can make uh, and where you fall short, you live to fight another day as America continues our march toward a more perfect union. We're taking a quick break. Stay with us. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? 
Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Just like you, I've been criticized by some that quote, I'm not progressive enough. In response to that, I said back in the 2016 campaign, I'm a progressive who likes to get things done. So for my views on your leadership, I think you're playing it exactly right. But I think a lot of people don't fully appreciate the extraordinary balancing act that you engage in every day to keep your caucus together. And it's been miraculous how united it has been. And I I give you big, you know, plaudits for that. But maybe give us a little inside view of how you do that every day, because that's the real key to leadership in a big, uh, contentious, uh, pluralistic body like the House Democratic Caucus. Well, some people may say that the House is you know, by nature, a chaotic institution. Uh, And I don't disagree with that sentiment. I do think that whoever organizes the dynamic chaos the best uh, yields the best results. And from my standpoint, uh, the way to try to do that is to authentically value the perspectives of every single member of the House Democratic Caucus, from the most progressive Mm -hmm. member on one end of the spectrum, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, to the most moderate centrist member like a Josh Gottheimer, and all points in between. And to really listen, uh, to authentically value the fact that they each, along with every other member of the House Democratic Caucus, was elected to do a job on behalf of the communities that they're privileged to represent, to have those conversations, sometimes noisy ones, amongst us as a group collectively, but to always be guided by that North Star of finding common ground to advance the ball for the American people. And I think as I transitioned into this position, having served as chair of the House Democratic Caucus for four years, where I did have the responsibility to interact with individual members and the different parts of the Democratic Caucus, and we've got everything from progressives to new Dems to blue dogs to problem solvers <laughs> to the Congressional Black Caucus, the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, the Asian and Pacific Islander Caucus, the Women's Caucus, the LGBTQ Caucus. We got it all. And that's the beauty of what we are as House Democrats. And it's like, how do you bring the orchestra together? You, you respect everyone's craft as individuals, but know that you can make the best possible music when at the end of the day, we're all working together. I love that metaphor, the orchestra. That's a great way of talking about it. You know, I know one of the key issues you are passionate about is criminal justice reform. And you've actually made some progress now. And you did so with some Republican bipartisan support. So what is next in the reform agenda for helping to create a more equitable, just criminal justice system? Well, I was delighted to be able to be part of the effort 
a few years ago to work on criminal justice reform in a bipartisan way to try to roll back some of the excesses of what I think most people would view as the failed war on drugs and to uh, get us to a better place where we both were leaning into public safety, but also helping people successfully transition back into society, become productive citizens, save taxpayer dollars, and provide individuals with you know, the skills, the education, the mental health intervention to be able to be successful as returning citizens. And we were able to find a path forward, eventually resulting in the First Step Act, that brought together Democrats and Republicans, the left and the right, the ACLU and the Koch brothers, the NAACP and the Heritage Foundation, and all points in between. Uh, and it was part of an approach that while you were in the Senate, Madam Secretary, you leaned into this aggressively as well, uh, bringing together what I would call a coalition of the unusual suspects. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that, you can really make legislative magic and capture the attention and imagination of the American people. And one of the reasons why it's possible to do that and why I think there are future opportunities in the criminal justice reform space is because Democrats and Republicans have arrived at the need to deal with overcriminalization and mass incarceration in America connected to their own authentic ideologies. You know, as Democrats and progressives, many of us uh, arrive at that place because of views of social justice or racial justice or economic justice and, you know, this concept of liberty and justice for all in America and bringing that to life for the greatest number of people. Uh, But many of my Republican colleagues have authentically got to the same place, perhaps for different reasons, but those reasons are authentic to them. Fiscal conservatives concluding that billions of dollars in mass incarceration without resulting public safety benefits is a failed government program and a waste of taxpayer dollars. You know, many of the religious right and the Christian conservatives who have been involved in this effort have come to that place that everyone uh, in society deserves a second chance, that we all fall short uh, in the eyes of the Lord. And the libertarians have concluded, individuals like Rand Paul, who I may disagree with on a whole host of issues, but on criminal justice reform, we're in lockstep uh, because they generally don't like what they view as government overreach. Mm-hmm. And all of us have been able to make the case that if you don't like government overreach, one of the areas where it can be particularly damaging to the American people is when the government can unjustifiably, in some instances, take away your life or your liberty. And so because we have authentically arrived at the same place, there's certainly an opportunity to continue uh, to move forward. I think some of the efforts around making sure when someone has paid their debt to society, they don't have to wear that record around their neck like a scarlet letter is a place where many Democrats and Republicans, I think, are trying to get to. So this is a space that I'm very uh, cautiously optimistic about our ability to continue to find common ground and do what's right for the American people and American families. Well, it's so important that you continue this uh, effort. You know, a critique we Democrats get all the time is that somehow our messaging is just not as clear, as strong, as powerful, impactful, you name whatever adjective you want, as the other side. So, Leader, what is the pitch that you're trying to make for the party right now as we are getting geared up for the critically important election of 2024? 
Well, we're going to continue to put people over politics and to fight for things that are important to the American people, lower costs, better paying jobs, safer communities, fight for reproductive freedom because we believe in a woman's freedom to make her own reproductive health care decisions, defend democracy, protect and strengthen Social Security and Medicare, and certainly build an economy from the middle out and the bottom up that works for everyday Americans. You are right, Madam Secretary, that we as Democrats haven't always been as precise and surgical in how we communicate with the American people. The big challenge often has been, from a messaging standpoint, that Republicans talk in headlines and Democrats talk in fine print. And it comes from a good place as Democrats, because if you care about governing, then you have to master the fine print. And throughout the years, uh, we've done a pretty good job at that as Democrats, going all the way back to FDR's presidency, from Social Security to rural electrification, then Medicare and Medicaid and Head Start, Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, the Fair Housing Act, the Elementary and Secondary School Act, the Higher Education Act, the Affordable Care Act, uh, the American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Chips and Science Act, a gun safety legislation and the Safer Communities Act, all the way through to the Inflation Reduction Act, all brought to you by your friendly neighborhood Democratic <laughs> Party. That's an incredible track record of success. And in order to do it, you have to master the fine print. But what we've said is at the same time, while you govern in fine print, you message, you persuade, you communicate in headlines. And we've got to draw that distinction between the two. And I think over the last few years, we've gotten better at doing that. And certainly as we approach the 2024 election, where we'll be having a, a real conversation with the American people about the differences at this moment between the two parties, we've got to lean into those compelling headlines when we have that conversation. Well, you've convinced me, uh, <laughs> but I don't know that I'm your target audience. <laughs> We'll be right back. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone who knows you, who has seen you in action, marvels at how you're able to stay so calm under pressure. Does that come naturally to you, or is that something you've had to work on over the years? I certainly think that it's important for all of us in public office, particularly during a fraught time where we're dealing with a lot of extremism and, you know, incoming fire and people critiquing your every move, as you've experienced throughout your career, all of us who are in the arena experience But what I've concluded, one, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to be in this position of trying to make a difference in the lives of people in Brooklyn and New York City and throughout the country and communicating with some of my colleagues. And I was just having this conversation with a very high ranking Democrat uh, the other day. I said, you know, when you think about the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they don't get jittery in the pocket when the pressure comes. Even when you have 300-pound defensive linemen and, you know, super strong linebackers heading in their direction, they stay in that pocket, they're calm, cool, and collected, and with the greatest degree of precision possible, try to get that ball to their receivers in a way that allows the team to move forward. And I think all of us who are in this position, when the pressure comes, Understanding, as Tom Brady and others understood, there will be times that you're going to get hit. It's going to get a little rough, but you can have success as long as when you're in the pocket, you stay calm and focused on releasing the ball, getting it to a receiver, and hopefully getting it into the end zone. And we're trying to get it into the end zone on behalf of the American people. (laughs) Well. Let's uh, use that football analogy because that does connect with a lot of people. <laughs> you know, then boy, do I relate to it. It is a little challenging uh, in these times when people get their kicks off of insults and attacks uh, to stay calm and try to keep delivering. So now you are a legislator, you are a leader, you are a husband, and you are the father of two sons. So how do you balance your work and public life with your family life? And you know, I'm starting to ask all of my male guests this question, because ordinarily this is a question you only ask women who are uh, doing something uh, in the public arena. It's a wonderful question. And, you know, when one person serves, the entire family serves. And that's Mm -hmm. just part of the reality of the moment that we're in. But I think all of us, and I've tried to take this approach from the very beginning, try to shield, you know, our family from the rough and tumble of it all and try to be there for our families, particularly during important moments. And when I first came to the legislature, my oldest son was five. My youngest son was two. You know, now, you know, one is 22, the other is 19. Even as I say that, I'm going through a midlife crisis. (laughs) Uh, But I remember when I was up in Albany and, 
no matter what was happening in Albany around 7, 7.30 at night, I would always pick up the phone to check on the family, talk to my two sons, figure out how their day went. Uh, and when I was back at home, no matter what would happen, whenever I had the opportunity, uh, I always started my day by dropping them off at school and valued that time being in the car or walking them to the bus stop and the constancy of it and figuring out what works for every family in creating that consistent moment will be different, but the importance of finding the consistent moment should be the same. You know, in between everything you're doing, because I know you're crisscrossing the country, you're already raising money for Democrats. Obviously, you are fielding candidates with the hope that in 2024, we can pick up those few seats that are needed. Uh, and then I'll be able to call you Mr. Speaker. But in the midst of all of this, how do you find any time to relax and recharge? Like, have you seen any good movies this summer or listened to any good music? Or is that just impossible? I do try to pick up on good music, although I've got to admit, and my boys and others say that my taste is limited because I'm still kind of <laughs> confined to early to mid-90s, early 2000s hip-hop music. But, you know, that's the golden era. It's Biggie Smalls. It's Tupac. It's Jay-Z. It's the Wu-Tang Clan. It's Nas. I mean, I can go on and on, but it's hard to break free from that. Uh, so those are those continue to be my workout tracks. We do, as a family, like to go to the movies. And the most recent movie that we've been able to see, actually the only movie over the last few months that we've been able to see, is Oppenheimer. And it was incredibly well done. You know, I think just the history and the perspective of it, as they were dealing, or Oppenheimer and others were dealing with sort of the weighty issues of the atomic bomb and uh, what was going to happen and how to navigate that with the challenges of World War II uh, was pretty intriguing and also was food for thought for the moment that we're in right now. Absolutely. Bill and I saw it last week, and uh, we can't uh, stop talking about it because you're absolutely right. It captured a particular moment, but one that has implications for the challenges that we face both here at home and globally. Well, as I said in the beginning, I could talk to you all day. I'm one of your biggest fans. Leader Hakeem Jeffries, thank you so much for joining me on You and Me Both, because you and me both care a lot about our country. We care a lot about our future. And I'm so happy that you're devoted to public service and providing the leadership that not just uh, Brooklyn and New York, but the entire country and world need. Well, so good to be with you, Madam Secretary, and thankful for, of course, your continued advice and guidance and support all that you've done for the country, all that you continue to do for us uh, as House Democrats in, in charting a way forward uh, to put the country in the best possible position. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, keep your eye on Hakeem Jeffries. I fully expect to be calling him Speaker Jeffries before too long. That is, if we all do our part to help the Democrats take back the House. But, you know, speaking with Hakeem brought to mind the extraordinary conversation I had on this podcast with his esteemed predecessor, former Speaker of the House, now Speaker Emerita, Nancy Pelosi. It was just a few weeks after the shocking, horrible events of January 6th 
The courage and leadership she showed that day will surely go down in history as one of the greatest examples of congressional, really American leadership in the face of violence and intimidation. Here she is talking about her determination to get back into the Capitol on that day to finish the business of certifying the 2020 presidential election. Okay, so in a bipartisan way, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, and I, Steny Hoyer was there too in Clyburn, we all agreed we had to go back to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. The security was making suggestions that we would all be transported by buses to an undisclosed location. The members would come there and said, no, the world has to see. Now just get it ready. We're coming back. And so you give us a reasonable estimate as to when that could be. But understand this, we're coming back and we're opening the session in the capital of the United States. You can find this and lots of other conversations with remarkable leaders by scrolling through our archive. Just go to You and Me Both wherever you listen to podcasts. You and Me Both is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We're produced by Julie Subrin, Kathleen Russo, and Rob Russo, with help from Huma Abedin, Oscar Flores, Lindsay Hoffman, Sarah Horowitz, Laura Olin, Lona Valmoro, and Lily Weber. Our engineer is Zach McNeese, and the original music is by Forrest Gray. If you like you and me both, tell someone else about it. And if you're not already a subscriber, what are you waiting for? You can subscribe to You and Me Both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.